The Print Files, where we bring you the inside story on the printing industry by Print21, the people who know print. Good day and welcome to the latest episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print, the podcast for the print industry from The Print Files, where we dig deep into the big issues impacting the industry each month. I'm Wayne Robinson, editor of the Print21 Media Hub. And I'm Lindy Hewson, publisher of Print21 and of PKN Packaging News. Well, Wayne, this month in print has contained news that many in the industry wanted to see. Yeah, that's right, Lindy. Kelly Northwood has been officially appointed CEO of PVCA. Uh, PVCA, of course, now a merged organization with the Real Media Collective. Uh, So it's a real powerhouse of uh, people in that organization now. Uh, Kelly, of course, was the CEO of uh, Real Media Collective. And before that, has had a a long and uh, successful career advocating for print. She's probably the best-known print advocate in the country. Uh, She's worked with government, with Australia Post, with uh, various stakeholders, and, of course, with the industry. Uh, Real Media Collective formed um, four years ago or so, um, and since then it's uh, gone on to develop itself uh, and Kelly with Kelly at the head. And now PVCA, it's emerged. Great news for the industry. Everyone knows Kelly. Uh, she's a terrific advocate. So uh, it's got to be really good news for the industry and great to see her in that position. Yes, certainly a fantastic development. So with the merged board, which was appointed last month, now with Kelly as the new CEO, the industry has certainly got a very strong body to represent it. So what are the main priorities for Kelly Northwood, for the PVCA, for the print industry, now that the dust has finally settled on this merger, Wayne? Yeah, well, no shortage, no shortage of priorities, Lindy. Uh, membership growth is a, is going to be a key priority because the combined membership of the of the PVCA now is probably around about a thousand thousand members, and really it should be double that. It really should be quadruple that. There's probably about four thousand or so businesses involved in the printing industry in some form or another, possibly 5,000 if you include label printers, packaging printers, uh, wide format printers, you know, uh, uh, new suburban startups. So there's a, a lot of print businesses that have uh, fallen away from membership, certainly of the PVCA, over the past 10, 20 years. Of course, the industry has shrunk in size, but not to the extent uh, not not a direct correlation with the with the number of members there. So there's a lot to go at, and now hopefully with uh, one industry, one voice, Kelly and the new board, those members that fell away will now want to reconsider joining because there are a lot of benefits in joining. Um, government engagement is going to be a key aspect of the job. Uh, print as a traditional manufacturing industry, certainly under the last government, was overlooked consistently in many ways, despite the best efforts of industry advocates. Uh, they viewed it as old technology and digital was the big thing with new technology. Uh, PVCA, as it now is with TRMC course, has a rich history with Kelly Northwood particularly advocating against the um, rise of electronic bills to the exclusion of paper bills, that kind of thing, two sides. So engaging with government is going to be a key part and getting the focus back on the value of the print industry, which is one of, if not the largest manufacturing industry in Australia. It just doesn't have a profile because it's so fragmented. It's not like you've got two car plants or six mines. There's thousands of print businesses manufacturing and government fails to see that. To the extent, for instance, the uh, print apprentices are, are off the priority list for apprentices. Uh, And that's really bad news in an industry, in an old industry that's trying to attract new young talent to the industry. So there's a lot to do there with government. 
there's a lot to do with uh, they will be uh, promoting the value of business doing business with uh, with the association um, power of print for instance with the webinar successful re webinar they ran last year that will run again uh, with the backing of rico rico has now come in as an industry supply sponsor for that for for various things including the power of print so that whole uh, educating pr individual print businesses in opportunities in trends will be part of the part of the priority and then messaging the messaging of print will also be a key part of the association two sides of course part of it and that's print is still perceived as damaging to the environment even though anyone in print knows that all trees that are used to make paper are now grown in certifiable plantation forests that are grown specifically for that purpose chopped down and re and regrown but of course you constantly see everywhere don't print this out save the save the environment save the trees you know which is a, a complete um, piece of misinformation so there's a lot to do there with messaging so they're just kind of four of the areas that uh, kelly northwood pvca will do but i have to say Lindy, the the people that are at pvca now the board particularly vastly experienced innovative people with integrity and clarity and leadership in print so it augurs well it certainly does, Wayne. So talking about government engagement, we've just had the first budget on the new, from the new government. What was in it for print businesses? Lindy, in two words, not much. Uh, not much for any business, in <laughs> fact. Uh, Treasurer Chalmers focused on, on other areas. I mean, in some ways, business is grateful. They always say, just leave things as they are, please. Uh, if you're not going to give us any help, at least don't take things away. Uh, so, yeah, there wasn't very much. That wasn't the focus this time around. Uh, Chalmers has got, obviously, bigger issues to, to deal with, particularly with inflation. Energy costs, um, he did, which are important to print businesses. Uh, he did say that, uh, although he flagged they're going to rise 20% this year, 30% next year, he did say that they were going to come under more serious regulation. That's clearly an area not just for print businesses, of course, households, but any small business, any big business. Gas and electricity prices rising 50% in effectively a year is going to be a, lot, a big hit for a lot of people. There were areas in his budget that will be helpful to print businesses. Migration has been, cap has been raised, 195,000. So hopefully that will start to help the labour shortage that many print businesses are facing, as will the, the raise in the childcare support because that will hopefully encourage parents to come back to work and make it uh, profit, uh, make it uh, economically viable for them to do so. So there were areas like that, but no, nothing in particular. Well, it's going to be an interesting year ahead. Energy and fuel costs are certainly going to make life difficult for businesses and individuals alike. Um, and for print businesses, one of the priorities, I'm sure, will be to look to optimize their revenue-making capability and seeking new opportunities, which are certainly emerging when we're reporting on them all the time. We have just heard that EPAC, which is just six years old, has built on producing digitally printed packaging. Um, in its case, in EPAC's case, pouches for the rising emerging SMEs in food and nutritional um, sectors. Um, and EPAC is making the biggest order for HP Indigo presses ever taken. They've got some about 50 presses on order, if I've got that correct, two of which are bound for these shores. EPAC's mantra is to offer its customers big brand marketing for a small brand budget. 
And this is done by enabling them to print on the whole of the pouch rather than just taking an empty um, off-the-shelf pouch and sticking a label on it. And by enabling them to order as many as they want in a short time frame. So you could do 3,000 SKUs, but you could have six variants within the, that number of SKUs. So the growth for the business has been outstanding. The growth um, onshore here in Australia for the relatively new business has also been outstanding. Yeah, that's right, Lindy. Two of those presses will be going to a new plant that EPAC is building somewhere in Australia or possibly New Zealand. We don't know where yet. Uh, it's a terrific business. It shows that if you understand the trends uh, and if you have the courage to make the investment, the rewards can be big. To go from nothing to the size they are with now with plants on every continent uh, in, in, the, in the world uh, is an amazing story. Uh, and certainly digitally printed packaging, digitally printed labels, it's one of the best growth opportunities for print businesses of any kind. And we've seen numerous non-label uh, non printers enter the, la the labels, digital labels business. Uh, commercial prints like Revolution Print in Ballarat, Footprint in West Australia to name too. EPAC's growth, of course, has been supersonic, effectively carving out a whole new market on that digital technology. Yeah, and that brings me to something quite important. Speaking of Revolution Print, speaking of EPAC, our upcoming event um, on the 9th of November, Wayne, um, it's called Amplify and Engage. For those who might be listening and didn't know, <laughs> Print21 and PKN Live, we're we combining uh, the two brands because we're talking about digital print for packaging, which is a super exciting subject. And one of the companies slated to speak is EPAC itself. Jason Brown, the MD, will be joined by one of the brand owners that he works very closely with, who is also a contract manufacturer for other brands. He is joined by Brian Nasser from the Healthy Food Crew. So that's going to be a really interesting fireside chat where they talk about how their businesses are really ramping up what they can do for startups and SMEs um, by using that digitally printed pouch exactly in the way that that EPAC globally has been making that such a successful um, option for SMEs. So live, Lindy, um, it's a great combination of brand owners and print business owners uh, presenting together, talking together on the stage about how digitally printed packaging is benefiting them both. Of course, for the brands, it means that their products uh, are able to have a higher impact because the graphics are able to get in there and because of the way they're able to personalize or regionalize or versionize those graphics according to where they are. And for the print businesses, of course, uh, it's a huge opportunity to give to the brands the, the growing number of, as you say, uh, small and medium-sized new brands, the craft brewers, the bespoke cheese makers, whoever they are, the opportunity to really present their product in a terrific way. I know the, the guys at uh, Little Bang Brewing, they say that uh, the graphics that they've been able to put onto their cans have been like having a salesman in the store because they're obviously competing against huge brands with huge budgets. And uh, this has been great for them. Yeah, we're going to have Ryan Davidson from Little Bang Brewing Company coming to tell us exactly how digital printers made a big bang for Little Bang on shelf. Um, Ryan is a is a very animated speaker. He's someone well worth listening to, and he will show the power of variable printing that has allowed them to do multiple different variations to the product of one. <laughs> um, so that that was really exciting and engaging for their fan base of craft beer drinkers. We're also going to be hearing from other brands like Mingle Seasoning. Mingle was a classic startup story 
making spice blends in a kitchen, and then working closely with their packaging supplier has really been able to elevate their position to the point where they're now listed nationally in um, supermarkets like Coles and Woolworths and in, and in a bunch of independents. So Jordan Evans will be joining Matt Ellis from Lumina to tell that story, which I think will be illuminating. Well, and then and we've also, uh, the event will also feature Leon Wilson, uh, from Revolution Print. Revolution, of course, uh, morphed from a commercial jobbing printer into a digital print business. Uh, and then at Pack Print, um, it ordered a new digital label printing line, a, a print, print system for Conoco and also a converting line, uh, to enter digital label production itself. Uh, and uh, Leon will tell us how he got the whole, basically got the whole, that whole business arm of, the, of his business up and running in a month. And, and why he did it and why he's installed that. So that'll be uh, terrific as well. Yeah, I mean, before we move on from this, one of the highlight stories as well that will be told on stage is the um, exciting Hungry Jack's Uno campaign um, that was rolled out and has had two iterations already, which is really the... It's a triumph for digital and flexo printing. It's a triumph for smart connected packaging. And we have all the players that were involved in pr producing that from MCC to Deadpack to Result Group to TLC there to tell us the, the full story behind that campaign and to talk about the success of it. So it's going to be a really exciting afternoon, Wayne, a valuable investment for any print business. Um, so for anyone wanting tickets, go to print21.com.au forward slash live to um, book your tickets. And if you're listening to this podcast, use the discount code LIVEVIP22. So that's all uppercase, LIVEVIP22. Okay, I'm going to get a discount on the customer ticket. Even better, Lindy. <laughs> so another growth area for print for many years, Wayne, has been wide format printing, um, which was, of course, hammered in COVID. We spoke about that often. There were no commuters. Retail was hampered. There were no events. But it is bouncing back now. Uh, yeah, it's back to almost pre-COVID levels, Lindy. Its latest figures show it's just 2.8% off the uh, 2019 figure. So um, that's Great news for everyone in wide format, which, of course, uh, includes many print businesses as well as dedicated wide format printers, as dedicated wide format print businesses. So terrific news at that industry is bouncing back, is coming back, and is finding new applications all the time. Uh, this week, we or this month, sorry, we reported on a company called Lamont Print in uh, up in far north Queensland there, uh, which has just put in a new HP latex wide format printer, uh, specifically to print mesh for building sites. And for buildings, uh, you may see as you walk around the big cities and even some of the smaller towns now, as a building is being renovated, a town hall or whatever it is, uh, often now the whole building is wrapped in a mesh which will either have advertising on it or a graphic of the inside of the building or a historical graphic, something like that. So this uh, company, Lamont, uh, typical uh, print business. It's in fact in the middle of uh, COVID. It set up a whole new business arm to print specifically to print mesh, uh, which is a type of outdoor print, of course. Uh, and it's going gangbusters. Just invested in a, in a big new machine. So yeah, wide format print continues to offer opportunities. Now it seems that one of the potential challenges that you raised last month when we were talking, Wayne, that of city residents objecting to outdoor advertising, is now raising its head. Did you have a crystal ball? <laughs> well, if I did, I'd be using it for the lottery and not for predicting print trends, <laughs> Lindy. Um, no, that, that's right. The, 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 it has raised its head in Sydney. 
Um, you may remember a while ago, QMS was awarded a 10-year contract for to replace all the street furniture in Sydney. It was going to it came with this whole new plan to digitise everything: digital bus shelters, digital benches, um, and it's gone ahead with that. Uh, but the residents and the the uh, commuters, the workers, are very unhappy about this. Partly because they've placed these the assets smack bang in the middle of walkways often, obviously from their point of view for maximum impact, but from the people that are actually using the the streets, particularly if you're pushing a pram, for instance, or you're pushing a wheelchair, or you're trying to help someone who's not particularly able to get around, uh, these have become big blockages. And then there's people are also complaining about the visual uh, pollution, which we kind of alluded to in that conversation we had last month. Uh, they, don't, they say they don't want to be walking down the streets of their city, beautiful in some ways, in this case Sydney has some beauty about it, and be assaulted by signs for various brands. Print, these are also digital assets. Print, of course, is, is less in your face. And so that's why this issue hasn't kind of raised itself before in the in Sydney, at least. Uh, but now they're all digital. Yeah, there's a big pushback. And the, the Lord Mayor, Clever Moore, initially when it pushback first started was dismissive of it uh, but now she's actually been forced to take note they've halted further asset implement deployments 82 assets still to be deployed that stopped uh, and the whole thing's on hold so yeah it's a it's an issue that has uh, has raised its head here um, in sydney and in fact um as we talked earlier on around the world there, there are groups dedicated to stopping all outdoor advertising. Adblock is one. They exist in various European cities, London, Bristol, Amsterdam, Grenoble, Barcelona. Um, these places are to a greater extent or a lesser extent banning outdoor advertising. That might be on political grounds. So, for instance, as, as adverts for cigarettes are banned everywhere, now some councils are banning adverts for fossil fuel. Other people, other councils like London's banned adverts on the underground for junk food. But now the, the movement is to stop all outdoor advertising in cities. And it threatens a multi-billion dollar industry. I mean, Australia, a billion dollars. Imagine the, over there. So, yep, it's a big issue and just goes to show you can't ride roughshod over people power. Yeah. To just dig a little deeper into wide formats, there are many applications for wide formats. We've got printed building mesh on the one end of the scale. At the other is Bob Armstrong's print business body of work, which has just taken out the top wide format award at US trade show Printing United, which, Wayne, shows us that Australian print is at the top of the world. Yeah, Bob Armstrong is well known for his brilliant work. The poster in question, it's one for the purists. It took a week to print. It's got 16 layers of varnish, all perfectly in register. Uh, the print, the varnish is so heavy, actually, actually printed onto aluminium. And even Armstrong himself, of course, no stranger to the finest of fine print, he described it as intricate. Uh, the judges went further. They said it was breathtaking, excellent, beautiful. So congratulations to Bodywork. Uh, well done to Bob Armstrong. He's really pushing the boundaries, showing what can be done. It was printed on a Roland flatbed, Roland DG, so a fairly ordinary piece of printing equipment, but fantastic craftsmanship. Well, I hope we get to see um, a good, have a good look at that sometime soon, Wayne. No sector of print has been through the mill more than newspapers in recent years, with mass closures, circulation downgrades, and extensive cost cutting. What was Fairfax and is now Nine Entertainment no longer has any printing of its own and was about to close its newspapers printed in Tasmania completely, the Age and the AFR, but then it changed its mind. Do you have the story about what happened, Wayne? 
Uh, yeah, newspapers, of course. Yeah, you're right, Lindy, absolutely under the cosh. And they're only really printed newspapers only going one way. We see that if you get on a train or a bus. It's a, it's a very rare sight to see someone reading a paper these days. Um, Nine said that the, the costs, the, it's printer in New Zealand, uh, a, which is ACM, which ironically was Nine before it sold it off, wanted to raise the prices of its newsprint, uh, and so it made the papers unviable. In another, of course, ironic turn to this story, newsprint, the newsprint for all, most Australian newspapers is printed in Tasmania. Nonetheless, ACM turned to Nine and said, we want to raise the prices. Nine said, OK, we're not printing the papers anymore. No AFR in, in uh, Tasmania, no Melbourne Age either. Big story. There was outcry across the across the uh, island, of course, uh, and Nine was actually forced to backtrack and say, "Okay, we will print." But for how long, uh, we don't know. It's it's just kind of indicative of an industry. You know, we saw the industry we were talking about earlier. Digitally printed packaging is on the rise. Opportunities are opening up here, there, and everywhere. But for newspapers, of course, it's only going the other way. And they're both because of new technology. One is driving growth, and the other and driving demise of the uh, newspapers. Yep, it is. It's an evolving and it's a changing world, Wayne, and um, on many fronts, challenging for many. So some industries end up dying a death and new ones start up. Now, for the two years of COVID, we saw that um, remarkably few print businesses actually went to the wall, less than in normal times, in fact. But it seems now print is starting to trouble the liquidators again. Yeah, unfortunately, Lindy, yeah, those COVID years were amazing. Very few print businesses went broke, a few notable exceptions, of course. Um, but today, they are, they are starting to uh, feel the pinch, for, that's for sure. This month, we had half a dozen that have come across my desk. Most notably, CDM, many people will know uh, Mike Jones. He was the uh, former head honcho of Gasser, one of the big associations from kind of 15 years ago. Uh, his business, Corporate Document Management, Corporate Documentation Management, uh, has gone under. Prestige Labels has gone. That's more a broker than a printer. ICS Print and Design, that was a real estate printer in New South Wales. And the Print Factory in ACT, the Print Factory Group, are among those that have, that have gone. Of course, all the support uh, that was there through JobKeeper, rent assistance, lease, uh, not, able to, not able to be kicked out of your factory, that's all gone. So as the industry evolves and changes, uh, there'll be casualties, unfortunately, and uh, that's something that we're going to see a bit more of. Yeah, that's really tough news for those businesses. Business has to keep moving to stay ahead, which is, of course, one of the reasons, Wayne, why I want to encourage everybody to come to the live event, which we talked about earlier. Um, it is all about new opportunities, where they are, who's taking them, and how they are doing it. Oh, yeah, completely agree, Lindy. A half-day investment that could pay off for years to come. Well, on that note, I guess it's time for us to wrap this up and leave this episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print. And of course, once again, it has been a big month. Thanks everyone for listening. We do value your feedback as always. And it's time for us to say goodbye. That's it from me, Lindy Houston. And it's goodbye from this episode of The Print Files from me, Wayne Robinson. We look forward to you joining us again next time for It's Been a Big Month in Print. The Print Files podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Print 21, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Print 21, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact Print 21 via their website, that's print21.com.au, or send an email to editor at print21.com.au. You can subscribe to The Print Files via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on the printing industry at print21.com.au.
just been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast.